this afternoon I had the privilege of taking the bakers to lunch. And while I was at lunch with them, uh, Brother Preston said to me, he said, you know, he said, the reason we're coming is because it seems like the people care. <laughs> and he said, you know, you didn't come to my door once, you came five times. And he said, we did want to see, did you just care about getting somebody to sit in your church or do you care about the people? And uh, he said, you know, having come, he sees how people are approaching him here and talking to him. And uh, I just want you to know, uh, and it may be just the bakers, I don't know, but I do believe people like to know that you really care about them. They really do. And they want to know that you care about them. And, uh, and so in your times of witness, you know, obviously we want to see souls get saved. But let's not do it apart from the Spirit of God. Let's not do it with uh, the wrong spirit. Let's do it with the right spirit. Amen. And then once we reach them, let's not forget about them. Uh, you know, when I see these souls get saved, there's a lot of work, a lot of effort goes into that. I was grateful to have Jack Crager with us this morning, too, again, you know. I want you to pray for Jack. Jack just had to get uh, surgery on his uh, hand, carpal tunnel. He's getting ready to have his toe taken off on Tuesday. And you just never know what people are going through, you know. And uh, he's got to get surgery on his other hand here in a, in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, and he just told me, he said, I feel old just by working in the factory. And a lot of this is carpal tunnel from working in the factories. And, uh, you know, the problem with his toe and all the stuff that he's going through. But, you know, folks, get to know people and then pray for them. Sometimes uh, my pastor used to tell me, if you would really set your own problems aside for a while and focus in on other people, you forget yours after a while. It seems like God takes care of things. Amen. And uh, I want to talk about how Jude just gives us such a beautiful and a wonderful message here. And uh, we can often uh, overlook what God's speaking to us about. You know, we get into the Word of God and we can glaze over His Word and not really think about what He's speaking to us about. And you know, when you look at this, Jude had set out to write one message and God encouraged his heart to write a very different message than he wrote. And I challenge you in the same, you know, when you're reading the Word of God, you know, we're in there reading it. Uh, don't just become complacent. Uh, allow God to really affect your heart uh, when you're reading his truth. And, you know, Jude, he set out to share with the believers regarding salvation, yet God had a different plan. And you can see the submission that Jude gave to the Holy Spirit. And, boy, we need to be submissive to the Holy Spirit of God. And, listen, you all know when God's speaking to your heart. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help you in that arena, but God does. And you know when the Spirit... Spirit of the Lord is speaking to your heart, and have you ever been moved to do something, or moved to to witness to someone, or moved to reach out to someone, or moved to give, or moved to? And we hinder that by just saying or rejecting it, and we don't do anything about it. But I believe what happened to Jude here: he submitted himself to God, and he started to talk about the very fact that we need to uh, contend uh, for the faith here, earnestly contend for the faith. And so you can see the submission Jude gave to God and the Holy Spirit as he was just penning the Word of God. And so how submissive are we to the Spirit of God in our lives? And think about this for a moment. Uh, perhaps you're in a place where your Christian life, uh, you're not really continuing to explore the Word of God. Uh, uh, Miss Connie and Miss uh, Kathy are working on this Wednesday night program, and uh, they're calling it the Explorers. And Miss Connie was asking me questions about it today, and I began to think, how often are we really exploring the Bible anymore? You know, it's like we read through it, and we got it. Okay, I'm done. But how many of us are really in that mode again where we're exploring it? You know, God said to search his word as hid treasure. Amen. How many of us are opening up that Bible and thinking about the word of God as hid treasure? Uh, I'm grateful to those ladies for the work they're doing with the young people back there. Continue to pray for them. Remember, God's word is alive. 
Don't ever forget that, amen? This is not a dead book. This is a living book, amen? And so when you pick it up and you're reading it, you're not just reading any book, not some book that, uh, you know, uh, Tom Clancy wrote, and when you're done, you get to the end, there's a final act and all that kind of stuff, and you close it up, and you know it's not real. This is reality. This is real. And when you open it up, the end of this book says, even so come, Lord Jesus, amen? (laughs) And you think about what the end is going to bring. I want you to consider tonight how important God's word is in your life, and the word of God has a need to be in your life every day, and you need to be in it every day. And the word of God needs to be in you every day. Every day we need to have that idea of getting into the word of God. And you say, well, why would you do that? Well, I was just telling you a moment ago, we keep saying do and serve and do and serve. I want to tell you something. If you want to be refreshed, get in the word of God. If you want to be spiritually refreshed every day, be in the word of God. And I got to thinking about how we really need to set a time aside where we're really alone with him. And listen, I believe we can really be a help to others if we'll allow God to help us sometimes. And we're so busy, we get so uh, moving uh, so quickly uh, that we miss out on that time. So I have a challenge for you, and I want you to think about this, about your study and putting the Word of God into action in your life. When you pick it up, is it alive to you still? Is it alive to you still? When you read it, do you think about putting it into action, doing something about it? So to make a difference, I think the Word of God must be put into action. Two things that I really want to talk about uh, this evening and preach to you about this evening is believers are to be looking at an eternal perspective. When you open the Bible, we've got to see things with a set of eternal eyes, not the here and the now. And in so doing, working to make a difference and putting God's Word into action, two things that I think that's important. Uh, a lot of these younger fellows, and I say this now because I was in that meeting and I realized uh, Brother Summerdorf was the oldest one there. How many of you remember Brother Summerdorf? He was the oldest one, and I was next on the list. That's uncomfortable after a while. <laughs> and so, but these young guys that are coming up through the ministry and, and the troubles they face and the heartaches they face and the hardships they face and all the things that they're going through. And, and I, I make this statement as often as I can, no matter how hard it gets, isn't it wonderful just to serve God? Amen. There's nothing I'd rather be doing than serving my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and so I try to keep him encouraged. And so be an encourager. And ask yourself this question. Do you try to really encourage other people? Um, and and, and, and I, I challenge you in that arena because I'll tell you, when you start to encourage other people, you will be encouraged. God will encourage you. Uh, he says, comfort one another. And, and, and the thing of it is, when you comfort them, the comfort wherewith you comfort others, God will comfort you with that. Amen. He'll give you something that you're thinking or seemingly giving away, but God will give that to you and he'll help you. Be an encourager. Think about, am I an encourager? And then secondly, be an example. Try to uh, not just be a follower, but be a leader in the sense of a leading by example. Uh, think about the words you speak, the attitude and the actions of your heart and the outward appearance that you have and the outward actions that you have and those kinds of things. Think about it. Now here, uh, Jude's trying to exhort the believers. And of course, you know, he was dealing with the subject matter of uh, uh, problems in, in the faith there and exposing false teachers. And uh, he was given this uh, uh, saying, hey, listen, we need to denounce these false teachers and we need to give what kind of people they are and the problems that uh, they're presenting in the church. But then he comes to the end and the one thing that he didn't leave them with was just doom and gloom. He left them with encouragement, words of encouragement. Now, 
when you have an eternal perspective, you view God's word and how it can make a difference, how it can make a difference in your life and how you can put it into action and make a difference in other people's lives. I look at this in Jude writing. He said, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers. And by the way, there are, are there not? There's mockers all around us today. You watch the television, you watch the news, and it doesn't take long, and you see them mocking our Savior. You see people mocking, and it's not changed. And he said, there, there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. When you see what's happening around us, and, and by the way, your pastor watches less, and I'm not talking about taking your TV out, smashing, doing all that. I watch less and less and less TV all the time. The reason that I do is I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't stand the stuff that comes across there half the time. And by the way, Fox News aggravates me after a while. It's the same story over and over and over and over and over and over and told a hundred different ways. And, uh, you know, and you can only listen to it for so long. And, you know, we can get all caught up in all that stuff or we can pray. Ask God to encourage our hearts. Amen. Let's wake up and not turn Fox News on. Let's turn on God news, the good news, amen? Let's get on our knees and start asking God to do something and, and, and not get into the world right away. Consider how you can make a difference in someone else's life. How can you really make a difference in somebody else's life? You know, sometimes it's a text, it's a phone call, it's an encouragement, it's a, it's a, uh, a handshake, it's a grip on the shoulder, it's a, hey, good to see you. I mean, think about how you can be the encourager. How many of us, when we're having a bad day, man, we can't, we can't look left or right, man. We're just focused on the problem, man. <laughs> I'm not interested in anybody, anything else. I got this, and boom. And, and I'm like a laser beam on things. But when you think about it, what kind of an encouragement, and how could you make a difference in someone else's life? You know, your salvation is a testimony to what Christ has already accomplished in your life. And you can use that as a tool to be an encouragement to other people. And I believe this with all of my heart. The gospel makes a difference in someone else's life. But you know, we're a living example of the gospel, of what God has done for us. What we can do for others is what Christ did for us, and we can share that good news with them, and they can trust Christ as Savior. Jude was encouraging others that when you get saved, your life is changed, and now you should display a different life, a different lifestyle, different attitude, a different spirit. Uh, we should be different in our actions. And through your salvation, uh, life is now different. And the Bible talks about change. There is biblical change that takes place. And I do believe God changes us. And through the years, uh, I, I think he changes us as we stay close to him. And I believe the word of God uh, is clearly teaching us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I believe it becomes new every day. Not in the regeneration of the soul in that sense, but regenerating us in the sense of we're in his word and he's uh, encouraging us and strengthening us and doing those kinds of things. And we need to walk closely with him. And I think Jude pointed out that knowing the right words and speaking eloquently are only great swelling words of arrogance if you're not demonstrating the change. He said, how that they told you that they, uh, there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual having not the spirit. And I began to think about, he was talking earlier about this eloquent speech that these folks could speak. You know, eloquent speech doesn't change people's lives. <laughs> The Word of God does. I challenge these men when they go to the pulpit to not take and read the 10, 12 books and take the book to the pulpit. Take this book to the pulpit. Amen. 
And if you want to encourage somebody in their walk with God, encourage them through his word. You see, the word of God is what changes lives. And if it can change a dead soul to a living soul, what can it do for us daily in our walk with him? And so getting into the word of God, encourage people to do the same. I think he started off with this thought with remember. And he said, but beloved, remember ye the words. Remember what the apostles told you. And see, he's trying to encourage them, isn't he? And you know, the Bible says that the Spirit of God will bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever he is, what? Said unto you. And so you got to think about it. If I'm not in here, how can I remember anything? How am I going to remember what it's saying if I don't know what it says? And so being in here, being an encourager, I think, is you being in the Word of God and encouraging others. A reminder, when the world comes calling, show the love of Christ and encourage them by you, you being the right kind of example. Use God's Word as often as you can. Speak His Word. Talk about His Word. Pray through His Word. Meditate on His Word. Memorize His Word. Do as often as you can. Be in the Word of God. Uh, let, let, let your mind be a vacuum on other things and let it suck up as a vacuum everything it needs. Amen. And, and you want to actually have the word of God in you. And I thought about how we're to remind ourselves of our Savior, how he'll lead your mind down the right path. When you're thinking wrong, when you're speaking wrong, when you're acting wrong, you need to let Christ get hold of you. And the only way to accomplish that is if, if the word is in you. And so the Spirit of God is in us, and when we're acting wrong and behaving wrong and thinking wrong, that grieves the Spirit. And so to stop grieving the Spirit, we must act right, speak right, do right, say those things that are important uh, according to the Word of God. Take it in and give it back out. Use God's Word in a great and mighty way. Go along uh, and, and try to be an encouragement to others. Now, when I say that, going along with others, in a sense, is not always encourage them in the truth. I'm saying go up alongside of someone and be an encouragement to them. I'm not saying go along with everything they're doing. When people are doing wrong, they're just doing wrong, and you need to encourage them in the right. And when someone says to you or makes comments to you, well, you know, there's many ways to heaven. No, there's not. <laughs> there's only but one way to heaven. Amen. And, and we don't have to be mean-spirited about it. Say, can I just show you something from the scriptures? How many of you can open the Bible and show them from the scriptures there's but one way to heaven? When someone says that to you, say, can I, can I show you something? Have the Bible on you, have some, you know, some means of showing them. You know, we all have our phones in our hand half the time today, don't we? I got my Bible on my phone, I can go pull it right up. But what about sharing just truth with them? Encouraging people in the truth. And, and listen, being an encouragement to others doesn't mean I'm always going along with them. I don't think Jude did that at all. He said, hey, listen, there are some of these people that are a bunch of mockers. The, the, the passage says here, these are they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. They don't really have the spirit of God in them. They want the attention. They want the focus to be upon them. And, you know, we need to be really careful about those kinds of things. I had a man who was helping me one time. And he was helping me on a job. And uh, I don't want to give his name. And it wasn't here at this church. It was back at Westmoreland. And we were working on a job together. And when I got the job done, I saw what uh, had happened, and I mean, talented fella, very talented fella. And I said, praise the Lord. He said, praise the Lord? You mean praise me, right? I'm the one that got it done. And he was supposed to be a saved man. Be careful if we want too many people patting us on the back all the time, amen? 
we ought to give praise to God. Amen. Now, I was going to thank him for the work that he did, and we ought to thank people for work they do. Amen. But the fact is, is glory be to God. Amen. Because anything you're capable of doing, he gave you the ability to get it done. Uh, why am I sharing that with you? Uh, what we have to do is be an encouragement uh, to people. There, there are always going to be those that will walk after their own God, uh, ungodly lust. There will be those that, that just have a different way of thinking. And, and you try to be an encouragement to them. And it's tough sometimes to be an encouragement to some people because they won't let you be. <laughs> but you reach out to them. Do the best you can. And here's the challenge to you. Galatians 5, 16 and verse 25, he said, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen? So it's not me getting angry or upset because they don't agree with me. It's me walking in the Spirit, trying to get them to agree with God. <laughs> and he goes on and he says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so, and the, and the idea is, is that we have the Holy Spirit in us. I don't think the Holy Spirit is a griever. But I think the Holy Spirit can be grieved, amen? I think the Holy Spirit's there to encourage us, and I think we ought to take that same encouragement and give it to other people. The ungodly are the ones that the Lord told us to separate from. And notice here, Jude said they separate themselves. He calls them sensual, and, and it's found in 1 Corinthians. That means a natural man. They're, they're like the unsaved, that sensual. They're like the unsaved. And he says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I was teaching the Sunday school class this morning, and I, I want to share this with you tonight. I really think we need to be careful with our words about our leadership in our nation. And 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 doesn't mean that we agree with what they're doing, but we sure do need to pray for those people. Amen. And we've got to have the right kind of attitude and right kind of spirit about it. And, and, and you've got to make sure. Now, to, to the natural man, to the unsaved man, that's foolishness, isn't it? But to us, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he moveth whithersoever he will. God has an ability to do things we do not. And our anger worketh not the righteousness of God. So... What about being an encourager? Well, when people walk through the door back here, fellas, you ought to be a handshaker. Uh, you know, hold the door for the ladies. Uh, you know, reach out to them. If they're carrying bags, don't stand there and go, ooh, that looks heavy. <laughs> reach out and help them, amen? Do something. You know what I mean? Reach out to people. Let them know. Hey, when you see somebody you're not really sure who they are, just tell them, hey, listen, good to have you here this morning. My name is and your name is. <laughs> it's being an encourager, isn't it? Just reaching out to people. The people that come to church all the time, you see them here on Sunday mornings, thank them. Tell them you're grateful that they're here. <laughs> Reach out to them. Let them know that you care about them. And you're grateful that they're in the house of the Lord with you this morning or this evening. So your role as a spiritual leader is not to feed on the flesh, but to be an encourager and walk after the Spirit. And all of us can be spiritual leaders. The second thought is this. The Lord wants us to demonstrate our faith through our behavior when you look at verses 20 through 25, he said, but ye beloved, he said, now, hey, you save people. It's different. He said, I want you to think about some things, okay? Putting God's word into action by being an example. So to be an example to the believer, you have to take the words that are printed on the pages and put them into action. And God gives us some action words. And you look at this. When you read these passages, he said, but ye beloved, building up yourselves. That's taking action, isn't it? How do we build up ourselves? Look at the verse with me. I want you to open your Bible. I want you to look at the words on the page. It says, building up yourselves on your most holy what? So there's an action that you take, isn't there? 
How do we build ourselves up? When you see this, building up yourselves on your most holy what? Faith. That's taking action. That build is to build upon her, to rear up. That's the idea that we're building on our faith. And then he says this, the next phrase, he says, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, it's not praying him in. <laughs> That's not the idea. That's not what the verse says. It's not the idea of somehow or another the Holy Ghost is speaking in some unknown tongue. That's not what it's talking about. Praying in the Holy Ghost is the very idea of this, that we're in earnest worship with God. Amen. Where's the Holy Spirit reside? He's not floating over this auditorium. Where's the Holy Spirit? Inside. Inside of us. And he says, praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, this is you earnestly in an attitude and a spirit of worship when you're praying. And by the way, prayer is a, is a spirit of worship. Amen. And, and we ought to have that connection with God. We're thinking about him. Uh, don't think about, I, I'm only going to pray for a minute today. And God, you're getting in the way. I only have one minute left. Okay. Not, not that kind of a spirit. He's talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. In other words, allowing the Spirit of God to lead your thinking, to lead your mind as you're praying, allowing God the Holy Spirit to have you at that moment. It, it has the same idea as uh, be not drunk with wine, whereas in excess, but be filled with Spirit. Allowing yourself to pray in the Holy Spirit or in the Holy Ghost is really allowing God to have that moment, that time with you. Notice the next phrase, keep yourselves. Now, how are we to keep ourselves, though? What's the whole phrase say? Keep yourselves in the what? Love of God, right? So to be on guard, that's to keep. And so be on guard and make sure, keep yourselves in the love of God. Uh, the idea is, is that our attitude, our heart, our spirit, our actions ought to present that, amen? Keeping ourselves in the love of God, that's guarding and watching and making sure that we have a right spirit, right attitude toward our Savior, toward others around us. And then notice, he not only tells you to keep yourselves, look at the next phrase. He said, looking. What are you looking for? Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto what? Eternal life. That idea of looking is you're waiting with confidence. Waiting with confidence. I want you to think about that for a moment. He says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That, that is, is the idea of waiting with confidence, waiting with patience. Now, I've shared my story with you many times. I can get impatient at times. Amen. I told Chris, I said, man, I had a sledgehammer on that thing trying to knock that thing off. I thought I was going to bust the shocks off of that thing. <laughs> and so, you know, you get to the place where you become impatient. And you know what happens when you become impatient? We make mistakes, don't we? You get impatient. Anytime I've been impatient, I always regret it. How many of you watched the Liberty commercial on TV? You know, where the Liberty car commercials? Uh, uh, um, Someone was singing it for us this morning. Who was it? Ben. Ben was singing the Liberty commercial. No, maybe it was, maybe it was uh, Kathy. Or the State Farm. You were singing State Farm, right? Yeah. He was saying he had Liberty Insurance. That's what it was at one point or something like that. He was going for State Farm. He said he loved Liberty. And uh, no. <laughs> He's shaking his head. No, no. He made me forget my illustration now. Anyway. My illustration is, is this. The guy's standing there and he's saying, you know, uh, about the accident that he has. And he pulls his wallet and he just throws it into the Hudson, right? And what's the next words out of his mouth? I'm going to regret that later, right? And the thing of it is, is when we're impatient, don't we get that way sometimes? What happens to us? We regret it later, don't we? And the impatience that we have. And God wants us to be patient, looking with confidence, you know. So here's the thing. Is Christ coming to get us again? Amen. Yeah. Is he coming to get us again? Yes. Yeah. 
And so he tells us to comfort one another with these words, doesn't he? He tells us at the end of the Thessalonians, he said, hey, listen, comfort one another with these words. In chapter 4, he said, verse 18, we are to comfort one another with those words. And the thing of it is, is we may think, eh, he's not coming in my lifetime. Eh, you know, and, and the people at Thessalonica were running into that problem. I mean, Paul kind of rebuked them a little bit for that spirit, for that attitude. And they were like, yeah, years have gone by, things have happened, eh, he ain't coming. And yet the reality is, is we ought to be waiting patiently with confidence and thinking about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And, and the thing of it is, is I look at this two ways. <laughs> I'm looking out as well. And when I think about the mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ unto eternal life, what does he offer to all men? Salvation, doesn't he? And we ought to be looking out, watching, looking, seeking an opportunity to give that subject of eternal life to someone else. Uh, the next phrase, and of some have compassion, making a difference. He said, have compassion. And that's to care for people by your words, your deeds. And we do that by divine grace, by the way, because sometimes it's hard. And, and, and I, I clearly share with you that, yes, uh, when I watch the events that took place on the news and I'm watching the arguments take place and, and you hear the injustices being spoken and, and you watch people's attitude and their spirit and their grandstanding and their dramatics and the chaos, and you're like, good night, where do we live? And it's like you're watching some sort of reality TV, you know what I mean? Rather than watching our nation's leaders behave like adults, human beings, thinking people. And you look at that and it says, if some have compassion, you know, we ought to have compassion on them. One day they're going to stand before God, are they not? And so what we want to do is we want to make a difference. When we go down with Awake America, the whole goal is, is we're not yelling and screaming we want to win them to Christ. Do you know who can change them? Christ can change them. We can pray for them. We can ask God to do something in their life. You know, it's easy when I go down there uh, and go down to Jim Jordan's office. That's an easy visit. Oh, come on in. Come on. Here, sit down. Come on in. Is your wife with you? Do you want a cup of coffee? You go down to Tim Kaine's office and they're like, what do you want? <laughs> you know, it's harder to talk to him then. You know what I mean? And I wasn't sure if it was a guy or a girl I was talking to. I mean, I was uncertain. I really was. I was standing there looking. I couldn't tell by the haircut and the, you know, the studs and the arms. And the, I, I just, I didn't know if it was a guy or a girl. And it may not be. It could be what a lot of people want to be today. They don't want to be a male or female. They just want to be an it. It's true. It's crazy stuff, isn't it? And the reality is, is as I'm standing there, I thought I need to have compassion. Amen. So we brought a book down. We wanted to give it to Tim Kaine, and we don't want it. Oh, okay. Well, it has his name engraved on here. It's got a little gold plate on it. It's for him. It's the prayers of our forefathers. <laughs> Not interested. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? So what is the uh, natural reaction? We want to get mad, don't we? We want to get angry. And I said to it, do you want me to pray? And we don't do that here. Oh. So I just started praying. Brother Corey was standing right there with me <laughs> and just started praying. And the thing of it is, is that I want to be an example and I want to be an encourager. And I believe the word of God changes lives. Amen. So as I began to pray, I just prayed through the scriptures, prayed through thoughts. 
And, and, and what you want to do is not be angry, but be an encourager, be an example. Amen? When he was reviled, he reviled not again. Have compassion, care by your words, your deeds, show grace. Making a difference uh, is the idea of what he talks about over in chapter, uh, or in, this, in this chapter in verse 3. He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That idea of earnestly contending for the faith, that's making a difference. That's contending. That's getting into the to the race. That's making a difference. Making a difference in someone else's life. And then he says, notice this phrase, okay? And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. That's to seize or take them by force. And, and, and here's the thing. When he makes that statement, he said, uh, hating even the garments spotted uh, by the flesh. When you look at that verse 23, uh, he's telling us the unsaved sometimes need to be snatched from hell. And still others, you show mercy while being fearful of you being contaminated while you're trying to reach them. It's crazy, isn't it? That's what it's teaching us, to make sure you're not even getting contaminated in the midst of it all. And, and so God wants us to seize or take them by force at times. And then he says, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. You know, we detest the idea of being contaminated by it all. But we don't become angry at those folks. So to be an example to others cannot just be talk about it. We have to walk that distance. Pastor Brad Wood said, if all your prayers from the past week were answered, how many people would be saved this week? It's a good thought, isn't it? If all your prayers were answered from last week, how many people would be saved this week? And, you know, I don't know that I pray that way all the time, but we ought to, amen? And then I want you to let others know that you love Christ and you have a deep love relationship with Him and you want them to have a good relationship with Him. In John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I've loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have the love one to another. And, and Christ never told us to be angry and mad and violent. <laughs> he told us to love. And people will know that you're his by the love that you show. When you read verse 20, being in love with God is done by building on the truth of God, by the holy word of God. And you begin to look at that and you say, how do you do that? That's taking these things and you see these action words and you do them. <laughs> you put them into action. Keep yourselves in the love of God, walking with the Lord daily, looking for the mercy of God, trusting in Christ. And here's the thing. Don't be a wavering Christian. Be a Christian that sticks with the stuff. Stay in a straight walk with your Savior. I'm really grateful. As I, uh, right after I got saved, uh, I had some people really impact my life. One of them was Pastor Nichols himself, and I thank God for Eugene Nichols, my pastor. But I also praise the Lord for a man named John Bennett. And John Bennett never had to do the things that he did for me. He wasn't commanded to do those things. He wasn't told to do those things by the pastor. John just come up alongside of me. And John took me to pray. And John began to tell me things from the scriptures. He began to encourage me to do devotions. And he would do his devotions. And then he would talk to me about his devotions. And I want to challenge you... If I'm going to be an example, do I do that for someone else? Am I 
reaching out to someone else in that vein, in that, in that fashion? Is your life an example for others to follow by putting God's word into action and keeping an eternal perspective on things? He said in verse 24, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling <laughs> and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and ever. Amen. God says now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I believe when I read that verse, he says now. But you go back, he said, remember? Remember the apostles were trying to encourage you? Isn't that what he said? Remember the apostles were trying to encourage you. And then he told us, he said, here's, how, here's what you do. Build up yourselves and your most holy faith. And then he said, now. Now I want you to remember this, him that's able to keep you from falling. The way you're able to stop from falling is by putting these things into effect.